I'm Ian Campbell from Palliative Care Australia. Welcome to Thursdays at 3, our new video and podcast series exploring death and dying with people living and working at the end of life. Today we drop in on regional New South Wales and the central west town of Orange, where one family's experience with illness has led to a new online business that helps families gather and store their memories, make funeral arrangements and leave final messages for their loved ones. Beck McLaurin's professional background is in HR, but time with her kids and an experience with family illness has led to myfavel.com. Thanks for sharing your work and wisdom with us today, Beck. Great to talk to you. Orange is a great part of New South Wales. Before we hear more about My Favel, tell us a bit about Orange. Take us there. What do you love about your town, your community? Oh, Orange is fantastic. So there's four seasons in the year. Um, so we've just hit autumn. So I'm excited about all the colours on the trees um, that are going to be appearing pretty quickly. Um, it's I love Orange. It's big enough to feel really social. So there's about 50,000 people now. Um, but it's country enough to feel like you can really slow down and enjoy the pace of life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Orange is just tops. It's got great restaurants, great wineries, um, beautiful scenery, um, and it, it's just, you know, it's, it's slower, I guess, than the, the busy towns, um, and it's beautiful. It's just, it's just, yeah, I love it. We moved about six years ago now, um, and we wouldn't go back. Yeah. Great wine and beer, as you said. Great part of Definitely. New South Wales. And tell us a bit more about you, Beck, and your your family before we dive into the details of my favel. Who are you, and who are your family? Tell us a bit about yourself. So, yeah, we live. So we live out of the the hustle and bustle, even of Orange Town. So we live in a place called Nashdale, which is about eight kilometres from Orange. So we live on a little farm. We've got steers. We've got a big worm farm. Uh, we've got a a big garden, a bobcat, a dog. Um, we've got lots of space so the kids can roam. Um, but you know, we've got three, (laughs) three kids. So life is still hectic and busy, um, but very rewarding. Tell us about my Favelle. Where did that idea come from? What does Favelle mean in, in the first instance? Yeah. So Favelle, it's actually, um, a Danish word and it means goodbye, um, or farewell in, in Danish. So the Danes are actually the happiest people on earth, um, largely because they followed the Huga way of living, um, which is all about sort of, it's this concept that's all about contentment and wellness and enjoying life. Um, so they believe in, you know, things like togetherness and indulgence, um, presence, relaxation, comfort. Um, so Favelle, you know, that's kind of the name behind it. Um, but Favelle, I guess, at a crux is um, it's about all of the sentimental things, um, the non-monetary things in life, um, and about valuing those things. So, um, you know, it's 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 basically, I guess, at a crux, it's a communication tool um, that allows people to store information about how they want their end of life to be, whether it, you know, be your, your, your funeral wishes or your final resting place or the music you want played at your funeral, or, you know, the, the dress attire that you want to be buried in, you know, whether you want to be cremated, um, 
all of those sorts of sort of nitty gritty specific detail, um, but also the sentimental things. So, you know, if you wanted to interview your family member about their life, um, and, you know, we all assume we've got all the knowledge and that we know everything about our loved ones, but, um, you know, it's about interviewing your loved ones about the things that you don't know, but maybe also things that you do know, but actually recording it um, and having it on, you know, a, in a centralised spot um, yeah. that's secure and safe. Um, and not just that, you know, it's it's about recording letters for your kids. Let's say if I got hit by a bus tomorrow and I wanted to store some communication for my kids um, that I wasn't here to tell them, you know, how much I adore them and how much I love them or what their first year of life was like, all of those kind of sentimental yep. things that you want to keep um, and that, you know, if something did happen to me to me tomorrow, Favelle, is is that storage facility so that my husband can kind of have this treasure trove of of yes. um, messages for my kids when the time is right um, for him to give that to them. Um, so yeah, where did, the, where did the idea come from? In amongst three kids, yeah. say an HR background with David Jones and Mamma Mia, learning horticulture, living the country life. Where did the idea for this come from in the first instance? Yeah, so it, it I, I think a seed was planted um, at various times, but but the one that comes to mind was when my firstborn was about nine months old and I wanted to create a book for her about her first 12 months of life. Um, so I think a little seed was planted there. And I don't know if you've heard of Elizabeth Gilbert, but she's a writer and she wrote this book called Big Magic. Um, and look, I I read this book and I kind of kept having these little like kind of messages from the universe, oh, you should do this, you should do this, you should yeah. do this, and then you don't do anything about it. And then I read this book and it's called Big Magic. And she talks about if you don't kind of, if you've got this idea and it's in the back of your mind, it kind of keeps reappearing and um, kind of popping up. Yeah. Um, then if you don't grasp it and, you know, see, actually take a hold of it and make something of it, um, then it will often pass on to someone else, another more worthy person or whoever, you know, or whatever the situation, um, or maybe just someone that actually does something with that idea, um, then it will kind of leave you and be gifted to someone else. Anyway, mm -hmm. when my my mom actually got um, quite sick at some point um, a, a number of years ago, um, and I realised that that was kind of my pressing kind of, um, I guess, kick up the backside to yeah. actually do something with the yeah. idea. Um, as sad as that may seem that, you know, it took that illness to actually kind of really um, push me to activate the idea. Um, and then, you know, it. I, I guess it was out of fear that I was going to kind of lose momentum with it um, and lose traction with it that I kind of really took the opportunity by the horns and actually then kind of ran with it. Um, but I do think we kind of assume that, you know, that that tomorrow to interview your family member or whatever it may be. With my mum, it was just to interview her more about her life, um, you know, that I felt like I just didn't have all the info that I needed about, you know, I had a vague understanding of 
you know, where she'd travelled to. But I didn't really know, you know, like I knew she'd been to Africa, but I didn't know how long for. And I didn't know, you know, I know she camped for about six months. I'm like, what happened in those six months camping in Africa? That's quite a long time, Um, just camping and being surrounded by animals. So I just wanted to know that that detail and have that depth of understanding. Um, But I think it's that assumption that tomorrow will always be there and then I think death kind of, uh, I don't know, not the fear of death, I should say, um, you know, really kind of brings traction sometimes, you know, when we're kind of faced, we've got it staring us in the face, um, it kind of inspires us to take action. So it it definitely did in my case. Um, Yeah, so I think that was kind of where, that that was really, I guess, the basis of Favelle and, yeah. What else did your family learn, and, and your your mum as well, who who is well these days? We're we're, we're pleased to say you're. Yeah, she's really well. She's saying. back golfing, back bridging. Good to hear. But as you yeah. say, those those moments in our life give us that kick up the bum we need sometimes, and open our eyes to to life lessons. What did you, your mum, your greater family, learn about that fear of dying? At, at, mm. during that time of your your life I think that's that fear of dying is something we can all relate to what did you guys learn about about that fear and, and about death and dying in that experience yeah I think um it allowed me to get really clear about what's important I think all of the peripheral trivial stuff sort of faded into the background and allowed me to get clear on my purpose, get clear on my priorities um, and what really matters in life. Um, you know, it, as much as it's a sad wake-up call, um, I think it's what I needed at that point in my life. Like I feel like at the at the crux of it, we all know that relationships are the most important thing in life and all of the other stuff kind of fades in comparison. But I think sometimes you need like it, sometimes it's just a story, like you hear a bad story about someone that's just had an accident or, you know, yeah, a family member gets sick. But, um, yeah, I, it just allowed me to get really clear on what was important, what mattered, what I needed to do day to day to actually prioritise my time better. Um yeah, and just all the trivial stuff just dropped to the wayside. Um, all of the stuff that just consumes you day to day, like you get so caught up in the grind and the, you know, just the rat race of it all. Like yes. we're all rushed, we're all busy, we're all stretched. Um, so, yeah, it just allowed me to prioritise my family, my mom, and the other th- things simply faded into the background. And what what impact did that have on your mum, do you think, to see your mum who's whose life was the one in question in, in the balance in, in a way, what did it mean to her to see her daughter asking her about Africa, asking her about her life and helping her make preparations? What impact did that have on your mum? Oh, to be honest, she's really modest and I think she found it really hard to be asked because I didn't just ask her about Africa. I asked her so many questions and, you know, on Favelle I've actually got these templates now set up 
that allow people you can you know you can either use the template that I've got which is obviously not tailored to like just Africa it's you yeah. know a range of questions that cover off all parts of life um, that is quite generic that everyone can use but you can also tailor that to your own specific you know parent story or cousin story uncle story whoever it is mm-hmm. um, but mum's really modest and I think a lot of that generation are they find it quite hard talking about themselves so I think she actually um and she still hasn't quite finished everything in terms of getting it back to me so she's like I know darling I've no I've got to get it back to you so she's she's like I've been really slack and so you know there's yes I think she you know was probably felt quite you know oh, I'm glad you want to hear but I think there was an element of really like do you, is my life really that important? Yes, it is. It's really important to me. And it might not be so much for her, but it's about your loved ones. Um, Not so much about, you know, you kind of being like, oh, my life is so important and I've done so much and I haven't, you know, I've achieved this and I've achieved that. No, it's actually for your loved ones to carry on with and so that I can now share it with my kids that want to know, you know, the detail about their grandma. What was grandma like if they don't get as much time with them over, you know, in 20 years' time um, when they kind of get their own kids and they want to know what their grandparents are like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I think there'll be a lot of, lot of people watching and listening, they're smiling and nodding and agreeing with everything we're saying, but, but you went that next step. Um, you recognise the fact that those stories, those memories are important, but you went and actually did it and collected them and saved them, did that, did that work. What's the benefit that comes with, I guess, planning and, and, and doing that, that work? What's the benefit that comes with having a plan and having those conversations? Yeah, definitely. So. Um... I guess there's a, there's a number of people that it helps. Like, yes, you know, it obviously can help the individual who's doing it. Um, you know, if they want to store their preferences around, you know, how they want to be honoured, um, you know, if they want to um, wear a certain type dress or whether they want a certain type of music played at their funeral, you know, they want it to be a celebration. They don't want it to be so sad. They want people to actually have a good time and, and it to be an uplifting thing. Um, so, you know, it obviously can help that individual be clear about what they want their preferences to be. Um, and then, yeah, on the flip side, like we've just talked about with Favelle's recording devices, you can actually record yourself um, either, you know, you could do your own eulogy, um, but they can also, you know, for the, for the loved ones, they can also know more about their loved one's life. So, you know, looking back on their challenges, on their setbacks, on their learnings from life, you know, there's so many things that, um, you know, are the not so great things that we want to pass on about how we struggled with certain things, but then how we overcame them. So, um, from that perspective, I think, you know, it helps both the individual but also um, the loved one. Um, and I guess it's that thing of, you know, we all assume, like, you know, that we're going to be here forever, um, but we don't know what's around the corner. Um, so why not do it before it's too late? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's back to that that comment, you know, there's that saying, death brings a sense of urgency. Um, but it should be important to do it before then, before death. <laughs> you know, often it's too late. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I do think there's value, like there's value in giving a level of comfort, knowing that you've documented your love for your family members Mm -hmm. um, and that it's saved in a safe, centralised, secure spot um, that they can, you know, your loved ones can access forever. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and that it can be given to your loved ones, you know, those messages, it can be given to them prior to someone passing away, or it can be given to them after, depending on, you know, your, your personal situation. There must be some, some pretty powerful experiences that go with this. Just the thought of, I guess, leaving a a recorded message for your loved ones. I mean, wow. I mean, you must've heard some, some powerful stories from, from families who've, who've done this work. Yeah, so a friend of mine, um, actually I was doing like a focus group with a group of girlfriends um, about Faville initially before it launched Mm -hmm. and um, one of my friends was talking about her own mum's experience with being adopted um, and how like her real-life birth mother, um, sorry, it's not her real-life birth mother, her birth mother had, had passed shortly after she actually found out who she was um, and she was talking about how I guess something like Favelle would have been wonderful for her to have given that she didn't get a lot of time with her. And I think she was talking more about how, you know, if she'd if she'd done something like Favelle and she'd entered all the information, you know, she documented stuff about her life that you know, particularly being adopted, she didn't know much about the history and she didn't know, you know, and she wanted to know more. Um, so she was sort of saying it in the sense that, gosh, I wish my mom had had that from her mother's perspective. So, you know, if something was documented and she could eventually access that somehow, um, then I guess she would have known more about her birth mother's story and, you know, answers to some of the questions in life that we, you know, we assume we know or we don't get that opportunity before it's too late. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Beck, as we've, as we've touched on, death and dying is a difficult conversation to have and, and often we wait until it's too late or we, we wait until we're at the pointy end of it to, to cover this ground, to have these conversations. What would you say to people who are reluctant or scared to talk about death or dying? It is a big taboo in our, in our Western society. What would you say to people who are scared or reluctant to go there? Yeah, it's a hard one because I feel like it is this sort of topic that everyone avoids um, and we're almost in a bit of denial about it actually happening to us. Um, And I was too. I was like, no, like my mum's going to be here forever. She's just going to live on and live on and live on. And like sadly it's, yeah, it's it's so, um, yeah, I, I think, it is an avoidance of me. And there's been a lot of people that actually have even been mixed about Favelle when I've told them and, and talked to them about it, even though they know it's, you know, it's um, it's a business that I'm really proud of and, you know, I think it's um, a really worthwhile business. People are quite openly like, oh, how could you, how could, yeah. like, that's such a morbid topic. How depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I think it is, it's all, it's probably always going to be a little bit of a hard topic for people to, um, to discuss depending on where they're at in life. And maybe it's that they have either, yeah, I mean, everyone's got their own personal ex- experience with it or they haven't experienced it yet. And, 
um, with time they will, sadly. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I don't have any major advice there, but I guess it's I've just really noticed and it is something that I have um, become quite aware of that it is quite a topic that it's quite sensitive. Um, But I feel like it's so important because I feel like everyone is going to experience it and you don't want it to be too late um, for you to take action to do anything about cherishing those you love. We've all got loved ones. Um, Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's just one of those things where um, it's, it's got to be done. You just don't want it to be too late before you do it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I just I think of yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say I, I'm reflecting on the joy I saw in you when you talk about the experience you had with your mum about pulling this stuff together. I mean, yeah, there's joy. There are good times. There are relationships to foster and grow within all of this. That, yeah, that makes it a worthwhile experience. Yeah, and it's interesting, like when my mum was going through her, so she had esophageal cancer, and when she was going through that, we probably laughed, like we laugh in general in life a lot, but that that period of face with being faced with, you know, possible, you know, death, we would never laugh so hard. We had so much time together and so much, you know, you really just bound together when you needed to, to bind together. Um, and, and it wasn't just me and my mom, it was my sister, my mom and I, and my dad as well, who was, you know, we were all doing it together and it was just this amazing kind of family bonding time. So you're right. Like it, I guess, um, end of life or, um, you know, looking at end of life, it it doesn't have to be as, you know, it can be actually, as we were saying before, a celebration of yeah. how much love you have in your life and how lucky we are to have experienced yeah. that that level of love. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, and I don't know if this is one of your next questions, but have you ever heard of um, a lady called Bronnie Ware? She was a palliative care nurse. No. She's written, she funny. wrote, yeah, so I read it about 15 years ago. And I think this is probably another seed that was planted. Um, But she wrote this brilliant book called The Five Regrets of the Dying. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was a palliative care nurse. And so she worked with people that were nearing the end of their life. And, oh, I was blown away by this book. It was just a really impactful book. Um, And I feel like it's one of those classics that should be in every house that gives you, you know, the right reminders that you need. Um, you know, it should be treated like a Bible in everyone's house. And um, anyway, so basically, I guess, for those that haven't read it, um, she has these five biggest regrets, I guess, these key themes that kept coming up over the years that she was a palliative care nurse. So I'll um, I'll read through them. Basically, yeah, so, um, so I, I'm pretty sure she had over 20 years experience working in palliative care, watching those that were close to death. And um, as I said, these five common themes kept popping up. So number one was, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. So I guess to this point, like many, you know, didn't honour their dreams or were too consumed by what others thought of them, um, that they weren't true to themselves. So they weren't living the lives that they wanted. Number two, the second theme that kept coming up, 
was I wish I hadn't worked so hard. So this was particularly, um, you know, prevalent with the male patients that she nursed, um, that they deeply regretted the work treadmill existence, that they missed their their children's youth and their partner's companionship. So number number three, um, so this is the third theme that kept popping up. I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. So many, what she found was many suppressed feelings to keep the peace. So many developed illnesses as a result of this kind of built up resentment. Yeah. Um, Number four. So I wish I had stayed in touch with friends. So particularly, you know, when people are nearing the end of their life, they really, you know, they really value those really good um, deep friendships and many had, I guess, lost touch over the years or I guess, you know, in some of the cases she would have seen a lot of them would have passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the fifth one was I wish I had let myself be happier. So many didn't realise until the end that happiness is a choice. Many longed for silliness and laughter in their lives because don't you think, and I often find myself doing this, you know, you're like bedtime, teeth, you know, you take kind of the silliness out of it and you forget that, you know, make it fun, like make life fun. Like it is a choice, like get off the kind of grind of it and you can actually, you know, have fun with it, even if it is routine and it's mononymous and, you know, you got to do the lunch boxes and all of this stuff. It's like, we're lucky that we get to, first of all. Um, but secondly, we actually have a choice to make it fun. It's just, we choose not to. <laughs> anyway, so they were on these five top tips and I feel like they're just really good, again, perspective reminders um, about, you know, from someone who has seen, you know, these people with terminal illnesses and, you know, people at the end of their lives, what are the things that they really, really wish they'd done more of? And, you know, to be reminded of that regularly is, I think, is a is a good thing. Ronnie's top five regrets are a, a great note to, to finish on and great inspiration to to do the work, to have the conversations, to to think about the end of life and how we want that that to look and thank you so much for sharing Ronnie's wisdom with us today but but also your own wisdom as you work in this space and help people navigate this space as well um just before you go music is such a part of funerals um have you got a funeral song what are we likely to hear at your your funeral so I've said this to my husband countless times and I probably need to refresh my thinking on it but I I've got one song that I definitely want it want at my funeral so it's you two and mary j bly's version of the one um and it's fantastic so yeah take a listen when you can and thank you so much for your time ian pleasure thanks so much for sharing your work and your wisdom with us today beck beck mclaurin there the founder of myfavel.com and whether you're tuning in through spotify youtube or one of our socials Thanks for taking an interest and being part of the Thursdays at 3 conversation. You'll find more information and support at the Palliative Care Australia website. See you next time.